Hi, I'm E.B. Smith. I'm an actor, director, all-around storyteller coming to you from Cleveland, Ohio. And I'm Adaya Moon. I am a dramaturg, director, playwright coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia. And you are listening to Old Heads. A deep dive into the struggle from behind the theater curtain. So how you doing today, Adaya? We had a little chat earlier. You gave me a little bit of a preview. (laughs) I'm fucking breathing. And that's all that matters. (laughs) Here, here. (laughs) I'm glad you are, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. So we've got an incredible guest today, which I'm really, I'm really excited to talk to, to her. This is a topic we've been trying to cover for a long time. The subject of casting in the theater from Black perspective. Sort of an analysis of how the industry is moving from that perspective as well. And uh, I think we should get right to it. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody, this is Sujata Pace. I met her at uh, Actors Theater Louisville this summer when I was doing an internship there with Robert Barry Fleming to close out my Master of Arts Administration degree, which I'm finished with now. Finally, I'm free of Ohio University. But uh, it's it's great to have you here, Sujata. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I guess you two have a connection, too, because Sujata, you, you cast a DIA's play last summer. I did. I did with uh, True Colors Theater in Atlanta. I did a wonderful job. Thank you so much. It's so great. Oh, it's like a small world. Yeah, it is a small world. <laughs> I hope my old friend used to say there are six of us. We just changed clothes. That's yeah. how small the world is. <laughs> so you've, you've recently moved to New York. I did. I moved to New York about a month ago. Yeah, I work at a roundabout theater company in New York. So... I left I Actors Theater and moved to New York to work at Roundabout, but I miss Actors Theater. Yeah. Congratulations. It's a pretty, pretty special place. Indeed. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's totally, it's a different experience <laughs> from Louisville to Atlanta to New York, but just in the organization too. Mm-hmm. Actors Theater, I think, I don't want to say it. Well, maybe it spoiled me. It's um, I just feel like Actors Theater of Louisville for me was really about community. Um, that's how I got my start in producing and casting because I was also um, an apprentice there. They end up hiring me. And so I learned so much from Robert and from Emily, just everybody. And then I came to New York and was like, oh, I don't get this. I don't get this same treatment. <laughs> this is new. This is all new. <laughs> oh, no. So what's the what's the difference? I mean, is it is it the size, the volume of work that there is, or is it for me? Yeah, it's the type of work because you know, Actors Theater of Louisville is regional, all regional theater, and then um, at Roundabout, I work on Broadway and off Broadway shows. Right. Um, so as well in the office, you have Roundabout and C12 casting. So two of my um, supervisors have created their own casting company and Roundabout has been gracious to say like, hey, this can be a branch of Roundabout. So we can all, we can do, you know, commercial theater while we're doing Roundabout. Mm, Wow. Yeah. So we can get, you know, some more extra income. Also, you know, it's just, it's different of how they go about things, I guess. It's been a conversation since I've been there, how, you know, um, some people don't feel empowered to mm-hmm. up to producers or to writers or things like that. You know, before COVID, theater in itself was done a certain type of way by cis white males. I think everybody was just trying to keep into that mold. And so when COVID happened, people were saying, do we have to do things like this? Mm -hmm. So I 
think for me, for Roundabout, I think they're still learning to do things differently. Whereas Actors Theater, you know, I think we were doing the work. Not saying that they weren't doing the work. I think we were just ahead of the game. Right. So it's it's them just learning. People that have been in casting for like 15, 20 years are learning how to adjust. And, you know, some people don't like change. Some Mm -hmm. people it's difficult. You know, it's just difficult. So it's me coming into a place and I feel that uh, it's crazy because it's two of us. So it's a casting department of, I think, six of us and two are people of color. We're both black, um, black male, black female. And it's funny because someone, you know, every time I say I work at Roundabout, they're like, oh, good luck. Or, you know? Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, you know, and it's a great, it's a really a great place. And, you know, I, I understand people from the outside looking in, you know, people that have lived in New York or have worked with Roundabout, you know, in the past have had certain experiences. So I see that, you know, the organization is changing. Are we there? No. Are we, you know, still learning? Are things challenging? Definitely. But someone said, like, you're going to be the one, like, the spokesperson. And I'm like, I don't want to be the spokesperson. (laughs) But, But I get what they're saying, like, when I'm at work every day and the conversations I have with my core group, we need each other, you know? So it's a lot of things that they're not aware of. There are a lot of things that I'm not aware of and we help each other and work through it with each other. You know, I mean, it's a tough process, but I'm so appreciative that they want to work and that they want to try and that they see that it has been a problem Mm -hmm. and that they fix it. So there's energy for this change process even is maybe painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it because I'm also a part of CSA, Casting Society of America. I'm on Mm -hmm. the national board. I'm a board member. And so through uh, the pandemic, I've also been doing work with them. Mm -hmm. I've gotten to know so many casting professionals through that. And we've created, you know, like small groups to see how we can change and a lot of white casting professionals, you know, just saying like, hey, yeah, I am I noticed that I used to do this and I don't want to do this anymore. But a lot of the questions have been, you know, people feeling empowered. That's the thing that keeps on coming up. A lot of these casting, a lot of us, a lot of people have not been empowered to speak up to the producer or question the playwright, you know, because mm-hmm. the play is their baby. But I was just having a conversation um, about this the other day. I think we, through the workshop process, I think we can question, say, hey, have you noticed this? You know, especially if it's someone from another culture, it's like, and they're speaking on a different culture. It's like, hey, you know, just want to make you aware or, you know, throw this out there, throw that out there. But yet again, I think, you know, I've been spoiled because I've never not felt empowered because at Actors Theater, that was my learning process, especially because I went through the apprenticeship program. I was always encouraged to ask questions. So, I mean, it's a crazy time. I see people wanting to change. I see people wanting to stay how they are. Um, But it's, it is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like. You know what just happened in a year? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what just happened in a whole country? (laughs) 
we all we are all living we're we're living in a state of like perpetual trauma at this point i think all of us are just sort of adjusting to feeling that in our bodies all the time yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. i would love to know some of the concerns that that playwrights have with the casting Mm -hmm. process because that that's interesting that they might be resistant to it is it just them not wanting to give up their vision of who the characters are or well no i think i was speaking on the casting directors don't feel it's their place oh, okay. to question something that the playwright has written. Oh, wow. Um, so okay. I'm in it. So I, I can't name the show, but it's a situation or I was in a situation or coming into a situation, let's say that, where, you know, it's a lot going on. But if someone would have said something to the playwright in the beginning, mm. we wouldn't be where we are today. If the producers would have said, what about this? What about this? What would the world think if this happened? But then on the other hand, a casting professional said, well, you know, that's a playwright's creativity. How can we question their creativity? And that for me, I just think it wasn't questioning their creativity. Mm-hmm. It's just if, if we're going to say we're being authentic, then we need to do authentic casting. Yes, right. But it also starts, um, a lot of conversations I've been in, it starts with the playwright because they create the work. Mm -hmm. So we need to start having these questions because my thing is we have to be there for each other. Like casting, playwright, director, you know, we should make everyone accountable. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to be intentional about the work that we're putting out into the world. Mm -hmm. So what is the shift? I guess I'm trying to figure out you know, I, I've just stepped into a casting role myself. I, I just got a new job as director of artistic inclusion at the Cleveland Playhouse. Yes, um, congratulations. Thank you. And part of that portfolio is taking over the casting team, which feels immense and terrifying. But, you know, when I've when I've interacted with casting directors, specifically as an actor, it always feels... I, I was saying this to the artistic director, uh, you know, I've, I don't feel like I've ever had an experience going through a casting process where I've walked away going, that was fun. <laughs> or like, I feel better afterwards than I did before. It's always been painful in some way. And it's not to say that it's like, you know, traumatizing and I feel need to take a break, but it's like, well, I just rather not do it this way. <laughs> There's gotta be a better way to get to the production. So I'm thinking about questions like that right now and trying to figure out how do we, change the sort of perspective that we come to the work from. And it seems to me that it used to be, or it always kind of has been, we're trying to solve a problem. Like we have a play in front of us, we have roles to fill, and the actors are sort of commodities that we trade amongst ourselves until we get the right ones in the right slots and the thing goes on. And, you know, casting directors would reach out if they found something that they felt an actor would be right for maybe, or, you know, they kind of had us in their files for classical work or immigrant or, you know, whatever the category might be they find you appropriate for. But it seems to me that there may be a more integrated role for casting. You kind of alluded to it before when you said that actors see Louisville felt like community. And I'm wondering where casting directors fit in the theater community because they feel somewhat like hired guns to a degree, at least from the acting side of things. And I'm wondering if you could speak to what that shift might be. Where, where could we be going to kind of make casting a more generative process, a more artistic process? Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, just going back to saying, you know, you asked the question, what's the difference? So like at Actors Theater, when I was a part of the casting team, I was a part of the whole season process. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So I got to sit in the conversation. So 
we had a thing called onboarding where we brought the playwright and the director over Zoom, phone call, or into the room. And we had the production manager. We had the literary manager. We had the uh, artistic producer who was also lead casting. I was a casting associate there. And then the artistic manager. So we would all have questions to say, like, how did you see this play? But the thing is, all of us were were in the room. So the difference at Roundabout, everyone has a department because it's a big organization. And I'm Mm -hmm. not saying it's it's right or wrong. I'm just saying I'm coming from a smaller organization where, you know, it's just a smaller organization. And then you have this bigger organization. And I am still new. But I think like for us, we need to be at that table. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we're at that table. So I think that, you know, everyone that's involved because you're casting the play, we are finding the actors. So we need to know what the director thinks. We need to know what the playwright thinks. And that goes back into like asking questions. So if, you know, if I'm in the room, I'm going to ask like, hey, I see that this person is, you know, a of this race or of this gender. Can we open it up? Can it be a non-binary? Can it mm. be a different race? Mm. You know, I don't see that it says it specifically in the script. So how can we play and open it up? Can it be a person with a disability? Can it be a transgender? You know, you have to ask those questions. And if casting is in that room and in that space, we can play a little bit more. So I think it has to do like with the organizations, you know, every organization is done differently. And I think like for me, that's why it's different at Roundabout. I'm not in those conversations. Mm -hmm. I think it just comes comes down to being intentional and what your organization or you as a a casting person, like your values, you know, of how you want to cast. Because my thing is, I want everyone to feel welcome when they come into the room. So, Mm -hmm. you know, because I started off as an actor and it's like, everybody's like sitting there no smile, you know, and stuff. So I'm like, hey, how you doing? You know, I know sometimes depending on the play, having everybody circle up and saying, hey, this is who I am. These are my pronouns. How about you? Mm-hmm. Who, are, who are you? You know, like making them feel relaxed mm-hmm. before they start. I understand that everybody has their ups and downs, but even with Roundabout, I think like we we create a safe space and that's with smiles, with just, you know, laughing and cheering them on when they are performing or when they are dancing. You know, it takes anything away from that. I don't know if I answered your question, but. Well, you you did. And you you sort of threw in some other things I'm really curious about. Primarily the thing you sort of ended on, which is that connection with the artists in the room. You know, it, it struck me recently and I've been, I've been talking about this a lot too. You can look at my resume and I have, approximately 85 equity credits on my resume, like professional credits since my career's been in process. And of those 85, probably between five and 10 of them actually align with the work I'd like to do mm. in terms of an artistic mission. The others of gigs I've gotten and some have been really fun and some of them have been enjoyable and rewarding, but they're not the core of me. They're not the thing that like really lights me up because I got to pay my rent, right? Like there's, there is that sort of practical side to the business. Eventually it's a job. But as an artist, I've always wished that there was a way to communicate that aspirational side in a casting room, some way that we can say, okay, what do you 
want to pursue intellectually, narratively, in terms of your own artistic journey? And how can we help facilitate some of that? Like, while you're here with us, is there another project we can help you think about or work on or, you know, connect you to someone else that's doing work that more aligns with what you want to do? I mean, it, it feels like we could be so much more, as you said, intentional about our relationship with artists that are coming into the room who are just looking for a job, but ultimately are in this work because they want to create something meaningful. I wonder what your thoughts are on that. I think that goes with that person. So you are at Cleveland. Mm -hmm. You can do that. I feel like you can implement that into your process, whether it's like, you know, sometimes people are such in a rush and it's like, oh, I only have five, 10 minutes to do this audition. You can add five minutes in there and say like, hey, I want to have a conversation with you. And you can build that. You know, I think people, because theater, people think it's, um, and film and television, it's like, oh, it's a rush. It's a rush. I got to go. I got to go. I got to cast this person because I have this other show. But if we take a moment and just step back and say, hey, this is how I want to run my process. Mm -hmm. You can do it because that's your process. You know, when I'm casting something, I can make it my own. But when I'm an associate... (laughs) You know, I have to follow the lead of the casting director. However, I can also suggest like, hey, what about this? What about that? But people have to be receptive and people have to want to do it. Some casting directors just are like, this is my job and I just need to put someone there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get the sense of urgency because, you know, when you're when you're going through a day of auditions, you're seeing 50 people in a day or more that sense of urgency is kind of built in, in a way. It's like, you only have so much attention and you need to give some of it to everybody that's coming in the room. And that's really challenging, but heard. Cause that's, that, that to me is a fundamental part of, I think what, what I'm struggling with, with the whole casting process as we're trying to make this evolution happen. What, what are some of the things, because you know, I, I, I've been doing casting for uh, a job that I just started as well. And it's been really interesting talking to actors like people that I know and what I've noticed and I'm not sure if this is because of the last year and what's happened is that a lot of actors are feeling very empowered in a great way to say no to certain things so as a casting director especially a person in a new position how do you reassure actors that the institution for example is is taking a change in a different direction because it's been interesting to me just talking to actors and they're like, I've had bad experiences at that institution. I don't want to work with them anymore. So it's like, as the environment is shifting and actors are starting to really come into their own power and their own voice, how, how does a casting person reassure them that the environment is changing? How do you make them feel more comfortable about the changes happening? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one because, or maybe not. I mean, the first change is you're there. Mm. Right. You know, because congratulations to you as well. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and that's the change. You know, it's it's going to be hard because I even have like even at roundabout, someone walked up to me and said, thank you. Thank you mm-hmm. for being there. You mm-hmm. know, so that is a change. You being there is a change. So it's really just, you know, through the work. If you can change the season, I know yeah. like I know I'm talking a lot about actors theater, but it's just when Robert Barry Fleming got to Actors Theater, he flipped it. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, we had Robert on the show. Oh, yes. A couple of times we had him on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He flipped it. That's the change. If they mm. see, you know, us going in there and actually 
changing things, changing the shows, reaching out to certain communities to say, hey, come in, watch the seats. Because I think in theater all around the world, only, you know, old white people were going and people of color don't feel welcome because it's like, oh, I don't see myself on stage. Mm -hmm. So you got to change your season. You have to do things, but it's going to, it's a process I know, like I have friends, it's like, well, I don't want to, and I don't want to, it's just me reassuring them that things are changing and it's going to get better. It it has to get better, you know? And I think everybody, you know, is changing not as fast as we want it to change. Cause I know it's like, we just want it to just be there. But as a casting professional, it's just like really reassuring them. It's just, you just have to have the conversation and then do it in your casting, you know, something that it could be the same show, but something that was usually cast as a cis white man or a cis white woman, switch it up, cast someone else, non-binary, disability. So that's how you can show, I think, that change in, you know, flipping those characters around. Yeah, I have, I have a good friend in Toronto. Well, good friend. Someone I've worked with in Toronto, I should say, who always says this, this work only happens at the speed of trust. Mm. Um, and I love that because it's true. It, I, I want to implement changes that, ha- that, that just take effect overnight and fix the problem. But there's a lot of history to reckon with. And there's a lot of pain there. And there's a lot of fuckery, for lack of a better term. And when people have put up with it for so long, they're not real eager to jump back in the pool just because, you know, a theater said they've changed or that they've had a change of heart. Right. Like there's there's going to be a process of reestablishing that connection. So I appreciate that. We just have to see it. And I think if if it's specifically casting, it's just we have to change the way so that it goes back to that conversation when you're talking to the playwright and say like, hey, I I know a great actor that's African-American or uh, Mexican Mm -hmm. or has a disability that can play this role. Like, for example, yet again, Actors Theater, we had a play and we were cast a a deaf person. Mm. And we made a way. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. You have to make a way for it to happen. Right. You know, so right. we had to hire interpreters. We had to do certain things for him so he could feel comfortable to do his job. So right. it's not just thinking. And I think some people just have these lists of the same people they work with. Right. <laughs> and I hate to keep on saying like white people, but that's what it is because mm-hmm. a lot of us aren't in casting. Mm-hmm. A lot of people of color aren't casting or people don't know. And they have these same lists and are just throwing those people in. So as casting directors, we have to go out and find people, whether it be Instagram, yeah. whether it be YouTube, whether it be <laughs> even you saying, um, I think someone we talked about this earlier, having, con- yeah, EB, you were saying, how do I get to know people? Have a, a info section where you say, hey, I want to learn about the actors in Cleveland on these two days. I just a 10 minute slot and I just want to talk to you. You don't have to prepare nothing. And I just yeah. want to talk to you. And I think a lot of a lot of people during um, COVID, they were doing that. They were just, mm-hmm. saying, hey, I just want to have an info session. And I just I don't know this group of people and I want to know you. So let's have a conversation. Yeah, And it's make, being intentional and making the time for actors. And some people just, it's like a, a puppy meal kind of thing. It's just like, I got to get this out. I got to get this product 
But no, like we really, if we say this is something that we love, then we need to know that group. Because mm-hmm. some people, like I said, what have you been doing this whole year? You're, you said yes to this project <laughs> and you don't know anybody? Right. You could have yeah. been doing that this whole year. Mm-hmm. Because these are the conversations that have been on Instagram, that have been on YouTube, that have been on the news. You need to know all different types of people because casting is about people. We have Mm -hmm. to know people. Mm. It's not a list of white people. And I love my white people. So (laughs) I'm just saying, but it is. It's (laughs) It's a thing where we just you just have to know more. You just have to. I mean, it's it's that conversation, too, about intentionality, right? And distinguishing between white people and white supremacy and 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 knowing that they're two different things. And and yeah. white supremacy tends to make us fall into those traps of urgency, of perfectionism, of, you know, tradition, that status quo bullshit that we've been living in. And, you know, our blood pressure has been off the charts because we're trying to keep up with something that isn't humane. It's not about people. Do you notice the difference between, and maybe it's just me, and I could be completely wrong, but it seems as if in TV and film, there have been much more dynamic casting choices being made lately than in theater. And please correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> and, and if that is the case, like, wh- why do you think that is? Mm, I think I think casting in theater is, well, one thing is, I guess I can't speak on it just yet, only because theater is just coming back. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And I think film stopped for a moment and then it came back and you saw all those changes. So television mm-hmm. and film, we've gotten to see it, whereas right. theater is just coming back. So right. it's like, oh, well, some theater is coming back. New York theater is coming back. So it's like, okay you know, we're getting into the swing of things. Mm -hmm. But yet again, I haven't seen a lot of theater yet as, you know, things are opening, but I'm excited to see the change. But I have been in a room where yet again, the same list comes out and I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) like, all right, like, let's, Mm -hmm. let's move on. Let's challenge each other here. It, and it, also, it's like, it's how do we make sure that the change is sincere? Because that, so, so there, mm-hmm. there, there's a show that happened in town that, that was definitely cast in a way that no one would have expected it to be cast. Okay. But I, I'm watching the show and I'm like, and when it's over, I'm like, I, I got to go back and read the script because some things weren't, weren't clicking for me mm-hmm. as an audience person. And I went back and read the script. I'm like, oh, this script is white as hell. Mm. <laughs> and, they should have picked that play. And That's yet, <laughs> you know, there was an attempt to do some diverse casting. And I'm like, okay, I get that. I understand that. I respect that. I love the fact that some of my folks got a chance to be in this show, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work with the show. And so it's a situation of either, you know, a theater needs to be very intentional about color conscious casting or pick a damn black show. <laughs> or read the play, yeah. I read the play. People are trying to hold on to certain staples, mm-hmm. and they don't want to let it go. And they're like, "Oh, well, let's explore." But no, if you really paid attention to the play, you would have known that it wasn't going to work. Wasn't work. Stop trying to hold on. Let free. Be free. Let it go. You just can't do that anymore. Or you can do it, but just you know, what else can we see? Yeah, some people. Are, I'm, I'm sure a lot of a lot is going to be for show. 
Yeah. So I'm very excited yeah. or, you know, to see what's going to happen next summer. Like, I want to go through this mm. year and see right. what we have learned. And and I've been in rooms with people where, you know, I was working with somebody this summer and it was, you, you could see she really wanted to not step on any toes. She didn't want to do anything wrong, you know? But I'm like, oh, at least, you know, you're trying, like you want to do the work. It was like, I could see the thought. She really put a lot of thought into her casting. But yeah, a lot of it's going to be for show. Mm-hmm. And white people will be able to do No Coward again. It's going to happen. They can do the comedy of manners yeah. stuff. Just maybe not all the time. Yeah. Every <laughs> season. Every season. And you and like, you know, and, and you know, don't call diversity just plugging a black person into that world because it doesn't work. It's not about them. You know, I it, this may be a controver- controversial viewpoint, but I, I kind of applaud the Albi estate for their sort of rigidity on race casting. I actually do as well. Although I think some of some of the casting in Albi shows could totally have like non-white people. But I Absolutely. Think, but, but, but I also think, though, too, then it becomes a challenge for theaters and also a push for theaters to tell different fucking stories. Mm-hmm. Stories yeah. that can allow you to, to have a, a diversity of casting options. Yeah. And not just, you know, plug and play these white plays and just put, yeah. you know, folks of color up in it. Thinking yeah, but, be okay. but, but it seems to me that it takes a bit of it takes a bit of self-awareness to go, you know what? This play was written about white people and it's actually a critique of that white culture. And if you plug a diverse cast into that play, it doesn't it's not that anymore. Yeah, because it's more about like we want to hear about different experiences. Right. Mm hmm. So it's like, okay, I have this white play. All people of color don't go through that. Like we all have our different, we have similar things, but we work it out different ways too. Nice. We just want to hear about different experiences. And it's just like, just let it go. Mm-hmm. Just let the show go. Let it go. <laughs> it's okay. There are other plays There's out so there. many new playwrights out here. So you know what many. I'm saying? It's so much content. That we do not want to see the same thing. As a casting person, like, how do you get these theaters that want to change and are trying to change? How do you get how do you get them excited about telling other stories as well as like excited about other actors and other bodies being represented on the stage? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, again, I think I've been spoiled. Like most of the, th- <laughs> they already just do it, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, and um, as a, as a freelance casting director, I have the autonomy to say, I don't want to do that. Mm, right. It's like, oh, you're not with my vision or I don't think you're going to do any changing or mm-hmm. sometimes I like a project and I like to say, oh, how can I go in there and shake some stuff up? Right. You know, they have this play. So I'm, so I say, hey, this is my um, way of casting. So I have these roles and I say, this is my list of who I have and, you know, get them excited that way. You know what I'm saying? And, and I hate to say this, I don't know how this is going to sound, but it's like, they're scared of saying anything wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're scared of saying anything wrong or offending you. So it's like, Right now, it's our time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I hate to say that, but it's just like, I want it to be our time all the time. Right. But I'm going to take advantage of it. Well, I love the fact that we're all very much aware that this shit may not last long. But you know what? It's funny, but it's sad. And people, like, I have to 
oh, I have this opportunity mm-hmm. to make change. It may only last a moment. How much shit I can shake up. And the thing is, we, we feel that way because we know the history of this place. Yeah. Yeah. We know, like, it's like, we may have two or three years to really knock some shit out of the park. Mm-hmm. And hopefully some of that stuff will stick. Because that's why I got into casting. Because um, starting as an actor, I was at the equity building and I was auditioning. And I was like, I have not auditioned for anyone that looks like me. And I said, I, I have never, I've never auditioned for a black I, casting. I have record. like towards the, uh, maybe like two or three people, and then you know, well in Atlanta, but in, in Atlanta, New York, yes, it's a in, Atlanta yeah. but in New York, it was just like you know what? I want to make change. I want to because I'm into producing too, and I was like, you know, with producing, I was like, I want to fund this work. Mm. Or I want to fund my people's work, people of color, mm-hmm. not just black people. And I want to give you an avenue to, you know, to experience it. So it's like, I don't want to be Tyler Perry, but I want something like Tyler Perry where I can say like, who oh, you got a play, you have a play, you have a play. Let's see how we can get it on TV or how can we do X, Y, and Z. So that's my journey right now. Right. And with casting, I want to um, develop my own production and casting company. But I got into casting because I was like, I want to make a voice for other people. You know, I want to be able to give my friends jobs. I want to be able to give people that would not be seen. I want to see you and I want to give you work or I want to develop your work. I want to, you know, so Mm -hmm. I've always been like that. Like my my cousin says, oh, you always root for the underdog. Yeah, because, you know, (laughs) if I can if I can go to a certain place and I think that's why I always elevate and let's see how I can go higher. How can I go higher? How can I go higher? Because I'm not going just higher for myself. I want to go higher for everyone else. You know, I feel very empowered to say something, you know, like if I'm working with a Broadway um, producer, I'm going to email you on the side and say, like, hey, I want to meet you because this is my goal, because you know what? This is my time. And I know you're going to talk to me. Do you feel that it's widespread or becoming more widespread that casting directors see themselves as advocates in that way? I think it's 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 coming along. I don't think we're there yet, but I think the conversation has been had and I think people have expressed themselves. But it's really a battle sometimes. I could be wrong, but from what I've seen, it's like a battle between like producers and casting because producers hold the cards. Right. You know? So it's me going to a producer saying like X, Y, and Z. It's like, um, like you going to your parents and saying like, no, you know, like, you have to think of it a different way. It's not like it was in the 50s. You have to think about it this way. You know, it's like it's a process. So it's the conversation is out there. Some don't feel as empowered, but it's 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 a time where you just have to you just have to push yourself, you know. And if you lose that gig, you lose your that gig. You know, I don't I know we all have to work, but sometimes you want to sleep at night, too. And you want to keep thinking about it every day. Did I make the right decision? Didn't I make the right decision? You know, so what are your morals? What are your values? You know, what do you what do you what do you say to these white folks that are tying themselves up in knots over this stuff? Honestly, I mean, I, I, I see it all the time. Like people, they're scared. Right. I don't want to like I don't want to like pat them on the head and, you know, give them a sip of turmeric milk. You're going to be okay. 
I'm a nurturer. So I'm like, it's okay. Positivity over negativity. We're going to get through this. It's okay. <laughs> I really say that. It's okay. Yeah. It's it's going to happen. We're yeah. going to get through. Like I do, you know, at my current job, I love them all. But when, you know, I've noticed our reaction to certain things are like, oh, I'm like, well, it's going to happen. Like we have to cast the show. I just don't think theater is an emergency. I understand. Mm, mm-hmm. I understand how people make your life hard. I know I give some of the people I work with grace because I know that that producer is making your life hell right now, or this person is making your life hell. So it's just like it's gonna be okay. We're gonna get through this. Breathe. We're gonna make it, you know. And we get to that ending point. But I think sometimes why casting directors react a certain type of way is because it's somebody else making it difficult for them. So I try to, you know, read between the lines, and you know, I don't know. But yeah, theater is not an emergency. So <laughs> some things I'm like, are we really upset I about? I love this? the fact that so <laughs> many black artists are really choosing their own health and sanity. Mm-hmm. over the hustle yeah and realizing that you know it, it's great to be inspired is 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 great to have a great work ethic but the hustle will kill us mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it, so it's been really wonderful for me to just observe so many black artists being like you know what it's gonna be all right and yeah. i don't have to take this gig yeah. or i don't have to deal with this foolishness but that's you know? another scary thing in the casting world so it's it's like oh but we don't have any you know because i think us as casting professionals or even before i got into casting you know actors are like i need this job i need to put a credit on my resume i need this money i need this i need this so actors just take whatever just right. because oh i'll be seen i can get this person to come see me and all of this stuff but now it's like like oh it's opening our eyes as casting professionals to say like we cannot continue to take advantage of actors. Right. They matter. Yeah. They matter. Actors matter. Every, you know, I just feel like, you know, yeah, actors matter. No matter if they're famous or not, they matter. You know, their mm-hmm. time matters. Their 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 craft matters. Everything matters. So we have to, I think it opened, I know it opened up my mind to say like, you know, I'm not going to try to treat you as just some you know, someone coming in and out, a revolving door. Right, that's talent. Yeah. Like, I want to know- talent, you. exactly. Yeah, that's talent. Like, I want to know you. I want to know your name. I pride myself in knowing people's names. I want to see you out and say, hey, how you doing? Da, 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 da. I want to remember you. I want to give you work. Like, I want to treat you like a human being. And I think sometimes mm. in the past, casting professionals weren't treating people as humans. You know, we know they're humans, but it's just, like you said, talent. Mm. Damn. I want to audition for you sometime. Okay. <laughs> okay. I want, to, I want to work for you. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I mean, putting your producer hat on for a moment. I want to, I would love to know like what what's exciting you? Like what what kind of work is is exciting you right now? Ooh, I don't um about experiences. I really love to learn about like like make, uh, the Asian experience. Mm-hmm. And then but with the Asian experience, you have the Japanese and you have Chinese and you have all of these different experiences. Things that thrill me are things that are real. I like Christmas Carol, but that doesn't tickle my fancy. You know, something that has really happened or something that really could happen. Mm-hmm. 
Because I think my connection to theater happened, and this is just going to my past, is my mom took me to go see a play, and it was about like a father and a daughter dynamic or whatever. And it felt so real. And I cried and I looked over to her. At this time, I wasn't as close to my father. And I was like, why doesn't he love me? You know, because it was that real to me. And I love theater, even though I know he, you know, he loves me. And, you know, we got really close later on in life. I realized I really connected to things that told a story and that taught people mm-hmm. and that made people think. So I love I love um, work that makes people think. And you can just feel it, you know, like the joy and the pain and the laughter and everything. So those are the things that I gravitate to the most. Man, this is, this is giving me a lot to think about because I, I wonder if you can speak to, we talk about seeing people as human beings and, and, apart from the art that we make as artists, we have lives obviously that extend beyond just what gig we're getting. Like this is a, this is a, it's a transient profession. We're kind of all over the place and you've had experience now in the regional market. You've also had experience in major cities, major centers. How do we bring those two identities closer together? Those two artistic approaches closer together. It seems to me that, you know, artists should be able to live wherever they want to live. It shouldn't hinder my career that I want to live in Cleveland or that I want to live in Atlanta or if I want to live in, you know, Spokane, Washington. <laughs> like we have so we have access to digital technology that makes this possible, which we've clearly exploited over the last year. We understand how to zoom now. But also, you know, it seems to me that we we have this sort of elitist mentality in terms of where the good artists are. And I wonder if you can speak to what casting directors generally can do to kind of break that down a little bit? Well, through my experience, it's not where the good artists are. It has to do more with financial, with the institution. In my, just in my experience, it has to do with, you know, because you have to house them. Like if I cast you something in Atlanta and you didn't have housing, the theater might not have the funding to house you. I guess I'm speaking more on the regional level, though. Like, you know, like a regional theater like ATL, the Playhouse or Cincinnati Plays in the Park or mm-hmm. I don't know, Indiana Rep, whatever. Traditionally, they'll bring in like, you know, their stars from NYC or L.A. or, you know, and then they'll sort of fill in with local folks. But it seems to me that if you're if you're buying a plane ticket and, and, and putting some up and some, putting someone up anyway, why do they have to come from New York? Why do they have to come from L.A., Chicago? Why can't they come from Indianapolis to Cleveland or, you know, from Seattle to Utah shakes. No, I totally understand because, you know, I have like, even with where I am now, you know, I have my database is more regional Mm -hmm. where it comes down to is, you know, the name and who's going to bring you money. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's a business and it's who's going to bring you money, you know? And then it's sometimes um, like, just like with the unions, you have to have a certain amount like at actors, you have to, if you're an equity uh, equity house, if you have your contract is under equity, like let's say if I'm doing an Asian play in Louisville, it's not a big base for that. So I have to go to New York. I have to go to, I have to go to different places to get what I need. And usually it is New York and it is Chicago, but it, it has to do with, you know, contracting. It has to do with financial of the theater, but I get your point. If you're paying for somebody anyway, and it's about your talent in, in the state. So then the question is theater, 
make more content for what you have in your community. Wow. So if your community is predominantly Latinx, white, and Black, then those are the shows that maybe you need to gear towards so you can use those people. However, regional people, a lot of regional people aren't equity. And if I have an equity contract, I need a certain amount of equity actors in order to do the show. Right. So it falls down to that, too, because you don't need to be equity to be in Louisville. You don't really need to be equity to be in Cleveland or Atlanta or things like that. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. For me, it feels like a talent drain, though, because if you're a local actor working in those regional spaces, this is what happened to me anyway. And I've seen it happen to other folks. Like, I got my card after a few years of working as a non-equity actor in equity houses, because I get got my EMC points and equity sent me a nasty note saying, you need to join or else you started zero. Um, and I was like, well, okay, I got to join. And I didn't work for two years. <laughs> I was like, I got to leave Cleveland mm. because suddenly I'm a, I'm an equity Cleveland actor and I'm competing against actors nationally. And I don't have the resume to compete with those folks, even though I may have had the talent. But the minute I move to a place like Chicago, I start getting auditions for Cleveland again. And then similarly, I got an agent in New York and I left Chicago. And suddenly I started getting calls for theaters in Chicago through my agent in New York. It was like, you had me here. I don't understand. You have why well, I have to run away and make you chase me. Right. Like I you was living, a, I, I was living my happy ass life. And then you didn't want me. <laughs> I leave. Yeah, it's like, but back. it goes back to that thinking, the way of thinking, how are we going to mm-hmm. change? See, back then it was, they did a certain type of way. So yes, it does the financial, the business part about it. That is true. Those are certain things that you can't get out of, you know, business wise. Sure. But I get your point is if I'm in Cleveland, notice me, but that's up to us to change that dynamic Mm -hmm. but we have been placed in certain positions exactly prime example you two in these you know in these organizations now it's up to you to say you know what i want to focus on cleveland and atlanta people and i know robert did it he says i want Mm -hmm. to focus on louisville people so it come it it, it's with who's in leadership and how are we going to make those changes Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. I, I mean, I'm, I'm casting a show right now and I am doing everything that I possibly can to make sure that I am casting out of Atlanta for this show. Yeah. Even though the pool of actors may not be as big for the ethnicities of these characters, it's like I got to find a way to make sure that I'm casting Atlanta actors for the show. And and, yeah. and, and it's hard. It is hard. But but, but I think you're right. I, I think it's, it's people in positions of leadership have to make those decisions to get more equitable for people in their community. Yes. And the opportunity is not going to be there until we make the opportunity. Right. Yeah. And then if you, and then I would say like, if you couldn't find the people in Atlanta, you have Charlotte. So I would try right. to keep it mm-hmm. like Southern. Right. Keep it in the region. Right. Yeah. yeah right. In the, in the um, Southeast, like keep it. And you don't have to go to the New York and you don't have to go to LA or Chicago, but beyond the the logistics, the business side, the financial sides of things, it really has to do with the leadership, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and the intentional of what you want to do. And I feel like we've all been placed in positions where we can start making those changes or having conversations with people in those higher positions to make those changes. Absolutely. Well, we got a mission now, y'all. <laughs> she <laughs> called us out. <laughs> called us out. <laughs> Gauntlet thrown. 
<laughs> Get to work. <laughs> well, this has been lovely. Thank you so much, Sajada. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was fun. It was Indeed. less scary than I thought it would be. This is my first podcast, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there will be more. We'd love to have you back. I mean, I, I actually really love to have a check in on this in a year and see how things are going. Oh, yes, please do. Cause. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. We will have you back after year one. Let's see how things go. <laughs> well, I'll have to report in. This is <laughs> yes. dis- dispatches from the field. Yeah, I definitely have to be censored then. <laughs> oh, the, oh we throw the f-bombs like it ain't nothing on, on this. no it's totally we'll finish the episode like a diet did you hear what new york did to that i mean goodness yep 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 but yeah anyway. theater, theater it is changing. I'm excited about it because Indeed. I feel like a lot of people of color are being placed in positions to thrive. And I think we just all need each other for support to be uh, mm-hmm. accountable for each other. And, um, you know, because I'll, I'll say, it, you know, a lot of people don't want to see us in these positions. Oh. Some mm-hmm. people are like, oh, they just have them there because this and this and this. But I'm going to use my time wisely and I'm going to use my position wisely to lift up other people you know and um we just gonna make it happen and be there for each other it's gonna be great yeah. as long as we're here we're gonna tear it down <laughs> for everybody for everybody Amen. Yeah. <laughs> thank you my friends old heads was written and created by eb smith and adaya moon in association with ghostlight creative produced by nicole unju bell edited by Vern good if you're enjoying Old Heads and want to hear more and support what we're doing here, head over to Patreon and support our page at patreon.com oldheads. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.